Good morning, good morning, good morning on this awesome Sunday morning. Trust you had a phenomenal week. A week of breakthrough, a week of focus on the divine purposes of God. Now it's amazing. God could have chosen angels for his assignment on the face of the earth. But he chose earthen vessels, you and me. We want to say thank you for the opportunity. Maybe it's the last Sunday that we will not gather. And we believe tonight for the president that we can gather again. And we want to do it with greatness and impact. Oh, my word. So that we can reach families and turn the nation of South Africa around for the glory of God. In 1959, a prophetic word went out about South Africa and God will use South Africa with its diversity to show the world what God can do in this nation. That's why the great fire of God will be from the tip of Africa. We've seen it happen for more than six and a half years. Now the fire start burning, but the prophetic word also said that time the flame will go smaller, but it will not go out. And then boom! When the church is ready, now people say, God sent revival. God said, I'm not waiting. You're not waiting on me. I'm waiting on you. God is waiting for us. Say, I am in the plan of God for my personal life. Now, we have shared in the past few Sundays about what is a disciple. And not everybody that say he believes is a true disciple of Jesus. And that we have discovered out of Scripture. And then we also discovered last weekend, wasn't that epic about the ambassador? Oh, my word. And that helped us to understand what is our function as believers on the face of the earth. And this morning, and we keep on praying for all the people. We did a funeral on Friday with Johan Kotze that went home to be with the Lord. And, and we have many people fighting right now for their lives, but... God's word is the final word. And we need to bring the divine order of God on the face of the earth. And it's when I work with God. Do it as God is doing it. And because we're speaking on to build a strong foundation. Somebody contact me this week and say, out of Joburg, how many people are so angry with God? We cannot be angry with God. It's either a lack of faith or it's in fear or in doubt or an unbelief and not have a complete trust in God that makes people angry because God is still God. Nothing, the coronavirus is not going to change him. Governments is not going to change him. Oh, no, no, no. He's for eternity. He remains God. And you see this devil's strategy is to bring doubt, unbelief, dilute your hope, paralyze your planning, and abort God's plan for your life. That's his way. Now, nobody can abort God's plan. Not the devil, not Lucifer, not whatever you want to call him, with all these fallen angels. Not a person, only ourselves, can derail and abort. God's assignment for our lives. Now this new stuff that was released and it's in a newspaper clip and I have it. A certain organization say the devil doesn't have a Christian. 
The devil doesn't exist. He only exists in your mind. Everybody serves the same God, if it's Buddha, Allah, whatever, and that you will be shot. <laughs> you know, it comes out of the people that control this nation in the apartheid time that release this junk now, right now. And, uh, but God's people, we need an encounter with God to complete our godly assignment. Aren't you glad you opened your eyes this morning? You are well and alive and ready for action. Oh, my word. And with this, what God gave us, with the Mama Toby, <laughs> there's 500 families that will be rich this week. And then the next week, 500 more. Families, preached to, rich to, being fed, taken care. And, and, and thank you for those that helped us so long to that a drop in the bucket for Durban, KwaZulu-Natal. And we have a lot of promises of people that's going to help still and overseas and our American partners and that we can do this great things for God because it's action, <laughs> love in action. And I love the prophetic word that Pastor Christopher Nicker gave and I ask him permission to use that word. Love warriors, that's what we are. Love warriors. A do-something generation. <laughs> Covet is not the Alpha and the Omega. Lockdown, SARS, Delta, whatever they want to call these things. Yes, people's gonna, we're all gonna die one or another time. But we're not afraid as long as we are alive, we need to do some major impact on the face of the earth. That's why our scripture was, and the foundational scripture, build a strong foundation so that we can have what? Reckless, fearless, radical, oh my word, <laughs> motivated followers of Christ that we can build a strong church. And for the past six, eight weeks, Philippians chapter number two and in verse 14, uh, 13, it says, it's not in your own strength. Say, it's no by might, no by power. For it is God who is at all the while effectually at work in you. In you. Where's God at work? In us. In us. Energizing, says the Amplified. And creating in you the power and the desire. So if people say, I don't have the desire to then God is not really, they don't allow God to work inside of them. Or uh, say, oh, I'm so weak, I cannot carry. I understand, we've all been there, and I'm going to show you some truth this morning and tonight that's going to help you how to be that people that God has designed you to be so that you and I can fulfill this great grand assignment that we are assigned to so that what it means, why we were created to become like Christ. He says, creating in you the power and the desire, both to will. <laughs> That's why you can only eat the good of the land if you're not only obedient, but willing and obedient. You see, there's a lot of people, they, they do it in obedience and with their attitude and in fear and afraid they go to hell. God doesn't want you to serve him that you're afraid. You, he wants you to serve him because you love him. He says, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, his good pleasure, purpose, 
and satisfaction and delight. Do all things. What must I do? Say all things. Do it without grumbling. <laughs> what people miss sometimes, the acid test when it comes when worship, when going to the gatherings of the saints to go to church or by giving. That's where their hearts are revealed. What is their God? What's an idol? What possesses them? What controls them? What drives them in life? And here Paul comes and he tells the believers, do all things, say all things, without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting amongst yourself. That is so powerful. Now, what is a follower of Christ? And then we spoke on what's ambassador, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says we are new creatures. He gave us the greatest ministry and he made us Christ personal representatives, ambassadors. Personal, in other words, how I represent him is how the world, how the staff that's working at Loft are represent <laughs> us is what the people going to think about Lofdal. And we need to present Jesus all the time. Perfect. And now this morning, I want to jump in to help you because Scripture tells us we were created. That's why you were born again. He gave you the ministry. He made you the ambassador to become like Christ, not in your own strength, not in your own ability. And this is so powerful when you understand that because John comes and in John chapter 3, verse 30, now please take notes. This will help you. He says, he, Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. I like the other translation. The New Living Translation says, he must <laughs> become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Ooh. <laughs> if there's too much of me in it, of I and me and myself, then there's too little of Jesus in us. And this is the most powerful thing that we can understand because to we are created. That's God's idea. That was God's original intent to become like Christ. That means I must grow. There was a thing and say 64% uh, of a nation are in a situation where children will never see the full potential of growing up because of a lack of food, because of poverty. Now, growing is a natural process that needs to happen. Babies are cute. Little toddlers are cute. But you don't want to keep a baby for 50 years <laughs> and 40 years and 30 years because later the cuteness becomes a burden because they don't do anything for themselves. And that's God's plan, spiritually, 
that we will not stay babies in Christ, but grow to maturity because you have a prophetic promise over your life. The devil also tried to derail that promise, and that's where Jesus said, the works I have done, you will do them also. Wow. But you will do greater works. You are destined for greater works. And it's that greater works that the enemy is trying to fight. He wants us immature and unhappy and not enjoy. And life is a burden. And everything is just an effort. And then you become so miserable that when the milk truck passes you, the milk turns sour in the truck. <laughs> you pass the lemon tree and the lemons are already sour, but it becomes more sour because of who we are who reign in this world in Christ Jesus. Now let me get to the word because today I want us to look at this God's plan. God's plan for us to grow. God's plan for us to go. God created you. He loves you. He puts you on the face of the earth for a purpose. Nothing. We have learned this. Nothing what God does is without purpose. Just you were born and say, I, oh my God, what am I going to do with him or her? Over that family. No. Everything God created has a divine purpose on the face of the earth. And this is what we need to function in, live in, grow in. Because we have too many believers that are just in existing or just in survival. And we've shared this. Or think the extra car is success and you're still miserable, or the extra money, or something. No, God wants you to be significant, successful, and you can only be that when you grow into and fulfill the divine purpose of God on the face of the earth. Now, listen to this this morning. God puts you now in the scripture, Romans chapter 8, 29, and he wants you to grow physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If you don't grow up, it's a tragedy in life. God doesn't want you to be in a tragic event. He wants you to be salt and light, to shine, to bring flavor into the nations. Stand out, not to blend in. I've seen it now over and over. Millions, millions of Christians are blending in. While God said, stand out, stand out. You're not the, the least. You may feel the least in your clan. But when God looked at Gideon, he saw a mighty, mean, fighting machine. And it was Gideon and 300 men <laughs> were sounding the alarm that conquered the enemy. That's why God wants you. Now, now listen what Paul addressed the Christians in the church of Rome. And he says in Romans chapter 8, 29, living Bible, from the very beginning, from where? The very beginning, God decided, God, he decided that those who come to him, 
and he knew who would, should become like his son. Capital S. Become like Jesus. Whose desire is for us to become more like Jesus? It was God that decided that. Oh my word, this is so powerful. And that, that we can understand God's plan from the beginning is that we would be like Jesus. And more and more and more like Jesus every day. Because growing is an everyday process. I've said it in previous services. We love the promises of God. But we hate the process. And it's the process that elevates you, develops you to become and experience the promise. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, 15, message translation. God wants us to grow up. That's in the Bible. Like Christ in everything. <laughs> God wants us to grow up. Like Christ in everything. Now, that means when you are become like Christ and you grow up, you are fully alive. Not partial. Not walking dead. Not doing the stick on shuffle. Not just going through life and, you know, some people are in agony continually. You see it on their faces. Well, God is at work within us. And that's what I want to help you this morning. Because you are powerful. You're part of what God wants to do on the face of the earth. And uh, don't let the enemy rob you from this opportunity that God has assigned you. That one day you want to hear, come in thy good and thy faithful servant. We don't want to hear, go away from me. I never know you. And this is the thing that happens through relationship with Jesus. Because John chapter 10, 10, Jesus said, he said, I came and to give you life, not religion. <laughs> I came to give you the full life, the life to overflow. Now, we all know John 10, 10, but a lot of people think it's religion. No, that life is to live to the full, live in the overflow, not the underflow, not no flow, not little flow, to live in the overflow in your spirit man, in your emotions, in your body, in your financial life, in your everyday living. God has the overflow in store. <laughs> this is so powerful. And then when Jesus said that, that means he's our perfect model is Jesus. He lived in that overflow. He lived life to the fullness. That's why the Greek word Zoe is there. Life as God is experiencing it right now in that John chapter 10, 10. And that's in that life that God has created this seven divine purpose, unchangeable. Some people say there's three, some say five. I did a study and we share it here at Lofnal. There's seven unchangeable 
purposes of God. Now, listen to the word of God. Many are the plans in a man's heart. Only God's purposes, and this is what COVID has revealed and locked down. It's only God's purposes that can prevail. If I made a choice and it start with the decision and I start putting action to what the word of God says and what I have made, chosen. Now, if we can be so <laughs> decisive and precise and motivated and pursued <laughs> like the drug addiction people do, they take it and then they go their whole life, they give everything, they spend everything, they end wrong, and they don't care. But the Christians are this scary, bijverzichtig, <laughs> hyper, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Cautious. Well, God said, I need you to be radical. Not irresponsible, but radical. Jesus was radical. Stephen was radical, Paul was radical, Peter was radical, John was radical. He needs radical people because it's God who is at work within us. Will you allow today God to work out his plan and his purpose in your life? Because God wants us to grow up, says Ephesians 4.15, like Christ in everything. Now, my, my, we have different, let me touch this purpose while you're here. It's to become more like Christ. It's to live, to serve, to minister, <laughs> to give, learning to think, to act, to speak, and to serve the way Jesus did. Serve the way. Jesus did. Come on, people. And that is so powerful because when I become more like Christ, it means discipleship, a learner who learns to become. And you're going to learn and I'm going to learn for the rest of our lives. If you live 90 years, 90 years is not a comparison of what eternity is, but it's every day to become more and more like Jesus. That's why repentance is so powerful. And to walk in unforgiveness. Everything that doesn't lead you to repentance and unforgiveness. And get bitterness out. It's pride. And pride is a dangerous thing. It comes before the fall. Don't let those things keep you in bondage. He and she and they and the government. And this one hurt me and that. Stop that nonsense. It's Satan's strategy to get you out of the flow of what God is doing right now. His word is tested by seven times more in the fire, in the lion's den, in the desert, in Egypt, wherever, in our own personal lives, you have testimonies of what God did in the past and he's going to do greater things right now. Now let me help you this morning because if I can become like Christ a disciple, a follower come and follow me as my disciples, Matthew chapter 4 verse 19 that's what Jesus said, go and make disciples, followers of Christ, my word 
So because creation and everybody quotes that and the apostolic people I love that scripture in Romans 8. Uh, we are sons of God. I was listening last night to somebody on the sons of God. You're only a son of God if you are led by the Holy Spirit. When you allow God to work on the inside, what's working on the inside will manifest on the outside. And I will operate in the fruit of the Spirit. When God is at work and nothing, his faithfulness is there. <laughs> that means faith. I need to operate. This whole journey is a journey of faith. It's not a journey of feeling. Now, I know the emotions are going higher and people are in dire straits and people are in situations. And because COVID slaps them, trample on them and give them a kick. And I understand we have lost lo loved ones. But the key word is, I am alive. I can do nothing about yesterday. You can do nothing about what the date is, 24th of, uh, what the date today is, uh, of, of July 9.30, 2021. It's over, it's done. Now, this is the, the key word. It's a process that's going to take your whole life to be a disciple. And that's called discipleship. People who are not in discipleship are in trouble. What's the function of the apostle, teacher, evangelist, shepherd? It's to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That word equip is to disciple them. We all need to be discipled. Discipleship is to become more and more like Jesus. I and you don't know it all. We didn't arrive yet. It's in God's process. And the process is, it's God's goal, God's desire, the creator of the universe, the one that spoke the word and it happened, the one that lives on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. It's God's goal for your life is that you will grow up and become more and more like Jesus. So the process is discipleship. If somebody doesn't want to be in the process, I have people say, no, I don't want to learn. I'm serving God 40 years, but they cannot show you one person that they impact. They're grumbling and complaining, and they are in a man. There's only two reasons why people are not Christians on the face of the earth. Either they, could, they met a Christian that was not <laughs> the perfect example, or somebody never displayed what Jesus is. And that's where we need to be the ones that display. Now, now, how do I become more like Jesus Christ? That's the question this morning. Because remember, he's working in us. So if God is at work, if you want to develop muscles and lose weight, and you have a personal trainer, what do you do? <laughs> you have to follow instruction. You have to abide by the rule. And this is God's way of doing things. Matthew 6, 33. God's way of doing things. Now I want to help you. How do I become more like Jesus Christ? In other words, how do I grow spiritually in that process? Because the process of discipleship includes seven things that I need to do daily in my life, daily. 
I cannot do four and leave out three or do six and leave out one. It's daily. It's like for years people were preaching about Galatians chapter four and they say the fruits of the spirit. There's not such a scripture. It's the fruit, one fruit, one. All that quality of that fruit. It's not fruits. If it's fruits, then I can pick and choose. It's fruit. The whole fruit must manifest. And it's the same with this. The process of discipleship includes the seven divine purposes. Why are you here? Number one, you're here to love God by loving God and to know God more and more. And that means I must be a worshiper. I was in Korea on the Sorak Mountains and they took me to this statue and this Buddha thing that was there. It's amazing how those people in the dirt, on stones, kneel down up four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. How the Muslims goes to pray. They lock their businesses on Friday, end of the month, payday, shopping day, and they go to pray. Come on, people. And I think they pray five times a day or whatever, seven times a day, how many times Jewish people pray five times. And we as born-again believers with salt and light don't understand the concept of worship. Worship is not music and just raising my hands and just jumping and shouting. My whole lifestyle with a life of worship. Everything you do is worship unto God. That's why Paul says, everything you do, do it without grumbling, without complaining, without resisting, without arguing, without fighting, without saying, I'll do it my way. No, we don't know it all, I've said in the service this morning. But how do I grow up in the process of discipleship? That's what Jesus desired, because remember, Become like Christ in everything means I must love and to know God more and more. Second Corinthians chapter 3, 18, New Living Translation says, As the Spirit of the Lord's work within us, we become more and more. As the Spirit works within us, we become more and more like Him, capital, Jesus, and reflects His glory even more. The New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians 3.18, New Living Translation. Second thing, I must be in fellowship. Me and my house will serve God. Yeah, but you need a spiritual family because your natural family are dying. They're going away. They're going in eternity. And you need, it's God's way of doing Fellowship means learning to love people. Well, I, I don't care about people. Just, no, 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 no. You, God is then not at work in you. And if he's at work in you, you don't allow him. Because Colossians 2.19, New Living Translation, we are joined together in Christ's body. That's his local church. And we grow up as we get our nourishment and strength from God. We need each other. You must be planted in the house of God. Number three, the process of discipleship includes 
by growing what we're speaking this morning. Ephesians 4.13, God has gifted teachers so that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. Ephesians 4.13, I must grow. And when do we grow? When we're healthy. When are you sick? When you stop eating. When you stop having a desire after God. When you stop desire going to for the fellowship of the saints and stop with uh, loving God and worshiping God and other things. They say South Africans spend at least between three to five hours every day solid on their phones. Every how many minutes do you see your, your message and your uh, the alarm goes off and a beep goes off and somebody, they say uh, every day you're unaware when they accumulate all together, three to five hours a day, we're looking at a stupid screen and our whole life circles around that. While we're supposed to, now it's good, we need the phone and everything. And that's technology, why, how we can broadcast the stuff. But things are taking possession or position in our lives. Instead of that, we will grow to the full stature of Christ. Number four, by serving. My fourth thing. My first thing is I must love God more and know God. That's worship. My second thing, I must be in fellowship. It's not two fellows in a ship. We are part of each other. We need each other. That's where love is demonstrated. We learn to love people as God loves people. Friday at Johann's funeral, I sat there or stood there. And while Michelle was giving a tribute about her husband, I said, God, my God, my God, what a phenomenal man he was. And we never knew it. But we, you see, we saw another side maybe. And, and you think, but he was Man, on the move for God. That's where we need to be discipled, to be more effective, more significant, more gracious, more in worship, more in serving, more connected. That's why we are here. That we can grow by serving also. Philippians 2, 5 to 7, NIV. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ. <laughs> that's why somebody sent me and said she was reading the book what would Jesus do remember that little rubber bands we had everything when you need to make a decision what would Jesus do and if you can do that you'll flourish in every area of your life he says so that your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who though he was God, made himself of nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. It stands in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 7 in the NIV translation. I want to give it again. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who though he was God, made himself nothing, taking the very nature 
of a servant. And he dwelt amongst us and he served. Oh, my word. So it's my worship, love God, know God. It's my fellowship, learning to love people more and more. It's by growing so that we can all mature in Christ. It's by serving that we can demonstrate the attitude, the character of Christ. Number five, and it's by sharing. Jesus said, Luke 19.10, your living translation, I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. We have a testimony. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation. We need to tell people every day about Jesus. Every day, every day, every day where I go, waiters, wait, I ask them, do you know Jesus? Parking, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? By sharing, that's your mission. Number six, by praying. Jesus didn't say, if you pray. In Luke chapter 22, 23, 24, 25, he says, when you pray. There's a difference between if, if I can pray today and maybe other time, a week later. When you pray daily. That's what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> it's continual. Oh, we can pray. You can pray in the spirit. You pray in the natural. But pray without ceasing. That's why I'm so excited there on LWPC that they pray on every morning from 9 o'clock and loud with music. Pray. Prayer is the key. Zoom in, prayer, my word. It's part of the growing process. That's the breathing mechanism of your spirit man is prayer. No prayer, no power. That's why it's so powerless on the face of the earth. And they pray with a complaining. I'm talking about praying as Jesus instructs us. <laughs> that it's part of that armor of God. It says, then pray. Ephesians chapter 6. Part of the armor of God. Pray, prayer. It's part. You can never be without that. And then number seven is giving. Giving. Matthew 6, 38. Give. Jesus spoke. Give. And it shall be given back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together, running over. Will men give into your bosom? It's because people are not givers. They want to give when there's a lot. And actually, you need to give where you are right now so that it can take you out of the dilemma. Because Paul addressed the Christians in uh, Corinth and he tells them, he said, It's a ministry to give. God gave you that ministry. It's the ministry. We have ministries and we give with joy. Second Corinthians now. was not on my notes this morning, but let me give you the word. Remember this verse 6. He who sows sparingly and grudgingly, guess what will happen? He will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. But he who sows generously, so that blessings, that's why we are givers. That's why we function. 
You cannot take giving out of your walk with God because everything you have, everything you'll ever be, belongs to God. My word, I said to somebody Friday night that I, I said, I don't know every time if I have a car when I come out because we've given so many cars away and, and money away. It's all tools. It's tools. It's a proven fact now. If you put your trust in things, Covet showed you how things can disappoint you. It says, remember this, you sow sparingly and grudgingly, will also reap sparingly and grudgingly, but you sow generously that blessings may come to someone, will also reap what? Generously and double barrel shotgun with blessings. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind. Now we have a renewed mind, the mind of Christ. And purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. Why? This is why we are givers. This is what demonstrates to the world. For God loves, it's in your Bible. He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things. He prizes above other things. That's why giving us worship. Worship is giving. <laughs> it's serving. Come on, people. He says, my goodness. Listen what that scripture tells us. It says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion or sorrowfully, for God loves, he takes pleasure in prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving. Then God is able. Oh, my word. Isn't that so powerful? And then verse 10 says, And God who provides seed for the sower and bread for the eater, will also provide and multiply your resources. Multiply your resources for sowing and increase. He multiplies your resources for sowing. To give more. My word, this is the Spirit of God breaking the yoke this morning over this nation and households and families and individuals and businesses and visions and adventures. He breaks it by the power of the... He breaks it. This is God's instruction for you to be like Jesus. Because how can I make a lesser sacrifice? It's not about the money. It's about the attitude. God says give a million, I give a million. If God says give 10, we give your cup. We do it because that's how we live. Then he can multiply our resources. Oh my word, we need to speak on that. For sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifest itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched in all things, all things, and in every way, every way, body, soul, spirit, daily business, cars, houses, land, so that you can be generous. That's why God bless you. And your generosity as it is, 
administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving to God. This is what this brings. And all the food and all the stuff and taking care. And that's why true Christianity is more than just say ba 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 <laughs> and just say Jesus. That's the scripture that transformed my way of thinking. Let me give it to you and then we finish because of time. And I want to give you the three things that Jesus went through and that the enemy will try to kick up your way to hinder you to grow and to be that phenomenal person that you are and what God see you are. That's why when James came and he put down that scripture in writing, it says James chapter 1, 27, external religion, what the world see, what the world's eyes are on, worship, external religion worship, religion as it is expressed in outward acts. So there's outward acts. You're not a monk. He didn't say you're going to be more like Jesus who go and hide in the mountain and don't see anybody and make a, a covenant with poverty and not speaking and whatever. By word. He says it's outward acts. It shows the world. Shebeka. My God. That it's pure and unblemished in the sight of God. So God is aware of every act when I give. Oh, the Father of, in the sight of God, the Father is this, to visit and to help and to care for the orphans and help and the widows in their affliction and their need and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. The world's hearts are closed. They've got a hardened hearts. But God's people move in dimensions. That's why everything, what John says, God's instruction is not difficult. If I do it out of love and if I love God, then everything I do is very easy. He says, for in, in 1 John chapter 5, 3, for the true love of God is this. If I truly love God above everything, that we do his commandments. It's in the Bible. Keep his ordinances and are mindful of his precepts and teachings. And these orders of his are not irksome, not difficult, not burdensome. It's not oppressive or grievous. Because when I do what I do, I do it with the attitude of Jesus. Wow. And I do it because I love. And when you love God, now it's phenomenal. We, 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 we must become all like Jesus. And these seven things I've mentioned, to love him more, to worship, to be in fellowship with other believers if you have two and your brother is in need. You must give it to him. If the widow and orphan, I demonstrate the love of God by growing so that I can be more like Jesus. I must grow, grow, grow out of it. Grow out of that temper. Grow out of that wrong decisions. Grow out of that stinginess. Grow out of that recklessness. Grow out of it. How do I grow when I starve that thing? And I demonstrate 
what a time when we face financial, you must realize we're in that church for how many weeks now? <laughs> oh, my word. And there's no income. There's no service. But I said, devil, you're not going to keep me back. I'm going to give more now. And the more activates the miraculous, even in the time when I couldn't afford it, when the devil tries to bring the budget in what we have. <laughs> said, we're going to feed more, give more, do more. And then God supernaturally honor his word. He loves a cheerful, prompt to do a generous giver whose heart in this giver. And if you are that person, God doesn't want to be without you. He wants you. Listen, by serving, serving, nothing is an effort. By sharing, tell people about Jesus, by praying and by giving. That helps me. That's part of the process so that I can grow into this greatness what God has designed me. Now, there's three things that the enemy use, but God turns it around and use it for his glory to let us grow. Three strategies. Never let a word come out of your mouth that gives Satan the slightest idea he has conquered you. What does he want to do? Dilute your hope. Paralyze your planning and abort God's purpose for your life because he know God wants to bless you and God spoke. We are walking under a commanded blessing in Genesis 1 and in Deuteronomy 28 when we hearken and do the voice and listen to God and do it, then we are under a commanded blessing. Poverty and lack cannot hold on. And it's Satan's strategy. He wants to keep you away. Now, Paul tells us something, and I'm just going to touch it, and then we're going to start praying. And I'll carry on tonight. It says in Romans chapter 8, 28 in IV, in all things, all things, all things, persecution, heartaches, pain, death, situations, God works for the good. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You are going through stuff because it's all about Satan doesn't want you to fulfill God's great purpose in your life. That's why be cautious what people you allow close to you. Be cautious to whom you listen. Be cautious what relationships you are allow and what people you allow to mentor and speak into your life. Because if it's anything that takes you away from the divine purpose of God, run, baby, it can be a trap of Satan. Remember Peter? When Jesus told about his girl, he said, my God forbid it. And then Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. That wasn't to say that it was a Satan. Satan spoke through him. He was thinking the things of human nature and what the devil hindered Jesus to fulfill his great task. Be cautious. You can never love a person or money or a car or house or your time more than what you love God. That's where a lot of Christians are failing. And God is bringing us back into the divine phenomenal love relationship with him because Jesus went and he paid it all. 
Now he says, in some things, no, in all things, God works for the good of those now where who love him who have been called according to his purpose now listen to this when you say jesus i want to live out god i'm not going to live my own life i'm not going to live it as i have been living it and do it my way my plans my vision my purposes my 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 Goals. God wants you to have goals. He wants you to live in his purposes. He wants you to have a godly dream. But Jesus, today I give it up to live it according to your plan and your purpose. Now the moment when you gave yourself over to God, there's a Satan that will try to fight you with different weapons. And I'm going to just mention three. That's exactly what Jesus went through. And he will try to fight you with these things. Jesus had trouble. Come on, somebody, and get so many. That's where Judas gave him the kiss after he prayed and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. You will have trouble. <laughs> in your Gethsemane, in your earnest moment. Why there? Because Satan tried to hinder what God wants to do. And he used a person to bring him trouble. But what he didn't know, he was playing right in the hands of what God has purposed, that Jesus would be crucified. You would experience temptation. He had trouble in Gethsemane. Temptation in the desert. Remember when he came out of the fasting, he was baptized, went into the wilderness, Satan was there with temptation, if you're the son of God, to fiddle on his identity, turn the stones into bread. And then you will have a third thing. You will have trespasses, trespasses against you. That's what Jesus had. He had trespasses against him while he was hanging on the cross. If you're truly the son of God, deliver yourself. This is the three things you will experience. Not to live out your seven assignments and to become more like Jesus. Satan's way of doing things is coming with, listen family, listen, comes with trouble, it comes with temptations, and it comes with trespasses. You're going to have trouble. <laughs> Because you're going to have temptations and you're going to have trespasses against you. But God takes every negative thing, let me finish here for time's sake. He takes everything. He takes temptations, trespasses. He takes problems and he turns it around to become the test for your testimony. Come on, somebody. So that you can be more like Jesus and the world can see it. Now, the phenomenal thing about God, he doesn't force you, doesn't grab you on your neck and say, I force you to do it. He gives you the opportunity to make the decision. You want to be more like Jesus this morning. 
Maybe you don't know Jesus and you've heard something that you've never heard before. And you say, Jesus, I can see you love somebody so much. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make a quality decision. He didn't say he came to make us more religious. He came to give us life. You don't know him. Life is too short. I know of, uh, it was 147 pastors that passed away. I know of so many other people that died. It happened, boom. And your life is only secure in him. If you don't know Jesus, if you would die right now, where will you spend eternity? And that's where the opportunity I want to give you this morning to say, Lord Jesus, I come before you just as I am. I confess that I am a sinner. And your word says, if I call upon the name of the Lord, I will be saved. Save me today, Jesus. Forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Cleanse me. Put my name in the book of life. From this day on, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to be a worshiper. I'm going to be part of a family. I'm going to tell other people. I'm going to pray, Lord. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be discipled as Jesus instructed me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, those of you, maybe you serve God for so many years. Now I'm serving God 52 years and I'm more on fire for the Lord in this last past five years than in most of my life and more have zeal and that urgency to see things happen because I realize we have time against us and time is a commodity. You can never buy it back. You use up what you have and then we make decisions and the Bible says, you and I choose. I hold before your life and death the curse and the blessing and you choose. Will you choose this morning to say, I want to become more like Jesus. More of Jesus in me. Less of the world. It doesn't mean I'm going to be so heavenly minded that I'm not earthly good. No, I need to be heavenly minded and earthly more good. More a person of impact. I'm going to serve you more, love you more, give more. Worship more, tell more, get excited more about Jesus. That's the only guarantee if you believe the Bible. This is the word of God. Will you pray with me right now? Say, Father, I've heard the word this morning. I've heard scriptures. That's the written word of God. And this morning, Jesus, I've realized it was from the beginning that you have decided that I must become more like Jesus. And Father, this morning, I make a choice. I give permission. More like Jesus. More like your son. So that the world can see him in and through me. And that the world will know that you are in me and I in you. And that you are alive. And that you have designed me for a purpose and for a time such as this. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Thank you, just as I am, that you love me so much with all my shortcomings, all my mistakes, all the faults I've made, all the wrong decisions, that you work out every good thing about me this morning so that your purposes can be fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow.
you're going to be that wild person, that fearless, reckless, <laughs> radical follower of Christ to turn the world upside down and downside up for Jesus Christ. And you will have a great reward. We love you. What an opportunity as the donkey Jesus can ride on just as a messenger this morning. The, the, your, 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 the person that loves you to share this good news. We love you. Tonight at 6 p.m., don't miss it. Share this message with as many people as you can. And I'll carry on to help you to understand tonight why you're going through what you're going through. But what is the victory in Jesus? Because you are called to be like him. And he loves you. And the world will see him in and through you. Until tonight, Gustav the Toy of the International Western Cape, South Africa. God bless you. And we love you. And thank you.